Hallelujah. Can you say amen this morning? Just sit that right there, if you will. Can you move all that for me? Amen. Hallelujah. How many glad to be in God's house this morning? Amen. Praise God. I'd like to thank everybody for your, uh, for your prayers and the cards and the, uh, and the uh, letters. And I know we got a lot of people out. It's summertime and uh, vacation, but we're going to get into the Word of God. And uh, I believe God has a word for you this morning. I believe God has a word for you this morning, so I want you just to open up your heart, your spirits this morning, and, and I believe God's got a word that he wants to speak down into our spirit, and I believe if we'll take this word, I feel like the Lord has just placed upon my heart um, that it can be a transforming word to touch your, touch your heart. So I'd just like to thank everybody for your prayers, uh, and you, like I say, your cards, your letters, your words of encouragement, your texts. Uh, because God is still on the throne. God is still up to something big. God is up to something big. Amen. He's up to something big. And I believe God is, is ready just to get ready to pour his outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon, um, upon us. <clears throat> I want to make a disclaimer here this morning that I've got a couple illustrations in my sermon this morning. Those illustrations... Uh, refer back to the last couple years over my life. Um, I, and I say this right up front before we get into the Word. <clears throat> you know, I say that, that you got problems, I got problems, and all God's children's got problems. And I don't want you to think <clears throat> that whenever I get up, you know, we all have a story to tell, don't we? We all got a story to tell how God has done something in our life, whether it's been healing or deliverance or or uh, Sister Rosemary, how God has touched you three times of cancer, and, and we got a sister here, our sister in the back with cancer. We all have a story to tell, so when I tell my story, I, I always have this really sense that somebody's going to leave out of here thinking that, well, the pastor thinks that what's gone on in his life in the last two years is worse than anything that I've gone through. And I don't want you to ever think that, because some of you are sitting here you have gone through things that I hope to God I never, I never have uh, to go through. But I just tell my story of what God has done to, in, in my life, hoping to build your faith of whatever that you may be going through, that, uh, that some of the illustration of what God has done in my life that he can do in your life. Because we all got things that we're going through, and... <clears throat> Until the rapture of the church or God calls us home, you know, we know through the word of God and just life itself, we are going to have to go through more things, aren't we? And we want the faith to go through those things. So that's what I want to talk about this morning. The big idea of what I want to talk about is work it out. For us, we've got to work our faith out. Let's go to James and just be patient with me this morning if you, you will. But let's go to James chapter 1. And um, in verse um, in verse nineteen, James chapter one and verse nineteen, it says, "My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry, because anger does not produce the righteousness of uh, God." And I'm sorry. Let's go to chapter two. I meant chapter two, chapter two, verse fourteen. Chapter two, verse fourteen, talking about faith and deeds. 
What is it good, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of them says to them, go in peace, keep warm and, and feel fed, but does nothing about their spiritual needs, what good is it? In the same manner, faith by itself, it is not accomplished by actions. It is what? It's dead. If someone will say, you have faith and I have deeds, show me your faith without your deeds and I'll show your faith by my deeds. You believe that it is one God and good. Even the devil believes that and shudders. You foolish people do not want evidence that faith without deeds is useless. Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that this faith and these actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled saying, Abraham believed in God, and it was credited unto him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what do and not by faith alone. In the same way was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith is dead also. Can you say amen? Look at your neighbor and say, work it out. Work, say it again. Say, work it out. Work your faith, work your faith out. Uh, Marta has came home before and... Uh, how many of you know girls are definitely different in, in boys? And she's came home before, and, uh, you know, that, that age from about 11 to 17, 18 years old, they'll be in school, and uh, them and their friends, the girls, they kind of get in a, they kind of get in a, 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 a little bit of an argument, and then you got the little groups of girls that get together, and then they're kind of arguing back and forth. And the girls come home, and I've heard uh, Tina tell Marta before Marta, you go back to school and what? You work it out. You work it out with the girls. You work it out. I'm not going to the school and I'm not talking to the principal and I'm not talking to uh, uh, the girl's mom. You go, let's say it together. You work it, you work it out. Dads, the boys come home and uh, they're going through something. They're kind of uh, arguing with one of their friends and your dads, the boys come home and you say, go fight it out. I'm just I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's the old school. My dad used to say, well, just, you know, if it's too big, just fight it out and come on back home. That's kind of old school, Billy. Fight it out. But, you know, we have things in our life, and we have situations in our life, and we have trouble in our life, and difficulty in our life that comes to every one of our lives. You know, the Bible says from faith to faith, from glory to glory, but in between faith to faith and glory to glory, we have to do what? Go through things in our things in our life. So what do you do? What do I do? I wrote a few things down when we go through things in our life. What do we do? Well, one of the first thoughts that I put down that, that, that we do is we'll say things like, I will take care of it on my own or I can work it out on my own, 
I can, uh, I can fight back or I can make it happen or I can pull my own self through. But how many of you know that, that a lot of times when we're going through difficulties and things in our life that we're facing, we can't pull ourselves through. We can't work it out on our own. We can't make it happen on our own. The second thought is, what do we try to do? We try to bring others around us. Uh, sometimes we'll even get on uh, social media or Twitter or Facebook, and Lord help us, trying to get someone there to help us work it out. Well, there's things in our life and things that we go through that not only you and I cannot work it out on our own, we bring others to help us work it out. They can't work it out either. If you're sick and you're going through a major sickness in your life, someone else can't heal you. Someone else can't take care of that marriage. Thirdly, we make the statement, I guess I'm going to just have to live with it. I'm just going to have to live with this sickness. I'm just going to have to live with these family problems. I'm just going to have to live with this relationship problem. I'm just going to have to just live with it. Or we say things, I'm just going to have to stay stuck like this for the rest of my, the rest of my life. <clears throat> or has the devil ever spoke to you? That whatever you may be facing in your life at that time, have you, how many of you have ever heard the devil say, it is past sin in your life that has brought what is upon you right now? Have you heard the devil speak to you? That is, a, that is a lie of the enemy. The Bible says your sins, when you've asked forgiveness, and someone may need to hear this this morning, you have asked forgiveness. God has taken your sins from the east and threw them from the east, from the west, and you're born again, you're, you're, you're being clothed by His blood, you're forgiven, and now you're a child of the King. So whatever you may be facing today, right now, is not something because of some past sin that you did because Jesus Christ has forgiven you. And so you're not going through it because of that. There is not some sin that you've committed, as I, I just said, that is making you go through maybe what you're going through right now. So if it's, if it's not, I can't work it out on my own. If it's not, I can't bring someone else in this situation and help me work it out. If it's not some sin in my life that's making me go through what I'm going through right now. If God doesn't intend for me to stay stuck, just deal with what's going on in my life. Well, just deal with that sickness. Just deal with that relationship. Just deal with what you're facing right now. You're going to have to deal with it. It's going to be like this for a long period of time. So just face it. And if God doesn't intend for none of those three things in our life, then what is it? Then what is it? Marta will, if she wants something from mom or daddy, especially daddy, and at times she does her mom like this. She will start out by saying things like, you know, dad, uh, you know, mom, uh, uh, I, I, I need this. You know I've been, you know I've been good, and uh, you know I'm trying harder, and you know you can trust me now, and 
and you, you know this, and she will go down that route for 10 or 15 minutes. And I heard Tina tell her the other day, Marta, what is it you want? She was driving her mom crazy. And I walked through the house and I said, Marta, you are driving your mom nuts. She said, I know. I, I, she said, I know. And I said, well, will you please just tell her what you want? What is it that God wants? If it, I can't work it out on my own, if someone else can't work it out on with me, and if God doesn't want me to stay stuck, what is it then? What is it that God's trying to do? Could it be the one thing that you are facing is the one thing that God is using to leverage your faith? Is it the one thing that you're facing in your life right now? Whatever it may be, if it's sickness in your life, a, a, a relationship thing, whatever that you may be facing in your life right now, could it be that God, could it be that, that, that one thing that you're facing is the one thing that God is using to leverage your faith? Because Hebrews chapter 11 says, verse 6 says this, and we all know it. Let's say it together. Without faith, let's say it again. Without faith, it's impossible, let's say impossible, to please God. It's not our performance that pleases God. It's not seven chapters that I'm reading every day that pleases God. It's not an all-night prayer meeting that pleases God. All of them things are good and you should do those things. But that is not what pleases God. Faith is what pleases God. Again, could it be the one thing that you're facing is the one thing that God is trying to leverage your faith? See, we all ask the question, why, don't we? We all ask the question, why? Why, God, are you doing this to me? It feels personal, does it not? It hurts, does it not? Does it feel like that, you know, God, I've tried to live for you. I've worked for you. I love you. I worship you. I've given my life to you. So we ask the question, why, God, am I going through this situation in my life? And I think we all do that, don't we? I think every one of us at some time in our life, whatever we may be going through, whatever we may be facing, we ask the question, we ask the question, why? I asked that same question two years ago when the doctor looked me in the face and said, I've got to cut a tumor out of your uh, body and, and it's 90% that it's cancer. And then, not long before that, they found a lip note and they had to go take a biopsy on that and then a heart attack and then a box in my chest. And then two years later, I find myself right here. You better believe that I am asking, I have asked God over through the last couple years, why God? Write this statement down. 
God is not trying to do something to you or do something to me. He is trying to do something through you, and he's trying to do something through me. If it's not these other things, then what is it? And I say the what is, is that God is not trying to do something to me, as the devil would like to say. But he's trying to do something through me. He's not trying to do something to me. That's what the devil wants me to think. That Kevin, the de- God is allowing all of this to happen. And now God's not as good as you thought he was. And et cetera, and et cetera, and et cetera. No, God has not done this to me. God is trying to do something through me. None of us like this. But your faith is not built if you're not having discomfort. Your faith is not built and it requires hardship to grow your faith. It requires trouble to grow your faith. It requires discomfort to grow your faith. It requires hard times for God to work through you. He's not doing something to you. He's trying to do something through you. And for Him to build your faith, none of us like it. None of us want it to happen, Sister Christina. None of us want to walk through the valley. No one, none of us want to go through hardship, discomfort. None of us want to do that. None of us, do we? But God, for God to grow our faith, as I look through the Bible and study and see the prophets and into the New Testament and Peter, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and Paul, what I get and what the, all the thread through that, for God to grow their faith, they had to go through trouble. Now, I would like to say, and I would like to back up, and I would like to say, and I'd like to mention, if you would just live a little closer to God, and you would just be a better person, and you would just walk closer to God a little bit more, and you would worship a little bit more, that that would grow your faith. I, I would love that because I would move my relationship to God more into works. But some of the greatest pastors that I know, some of the greatest grandmothers that I know that are of faith, some of the greatest women I know of faith, some of the greatest men I know of faith, they got their great faith because they went through trouble. They went through trials. They went through difficulty. You're like me. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to go through that. But it grows my faith. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Let's say that again. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Look at your neighbor and say, work your faith out. 
It's not your emotions that day. It, it, it's not how loud you sang. It's not your feelings and not the worship song. It's not you dancing in the spirit. And it's not speaking in tongues. That is the substance. It is your faith that is the substance. It takes resistance to build a muscle. And your muscle of faith is built upon discomfort and pain and hurt in your life. Now, I didn't mean to depress you this morning. Some of you looking, man, I'm not sure I wanted to come this morning. I wish I'd stayed with the, the other half of the crowds on vacation. But the fact of the matter is that, that I know in my personal life and in my life that the only time that my faith grew was when I went through something, Jerry, hard in my life. How does God work this faith out in me? How does God build this muscle of faith in me? How does God work this out? How do I go to the next level of faith? Because God has something for everyone at the next level. Isn't that exciting to know that I don't have to live at this level all the time? That God has something greater at the next level that He wants me to do? Listen to this, write this down. But for me get to get that, that next level that God wants me to do, for me to accomplish what God wants me to accomplish at that next level, I can't get it done on this level of faith. I can't get it done on this level of faith that I'm walking in right now where God wants to take me. God wants to do this in my life. God wants to take me to this level. God wants me to accomplish this. God wants me to fulfill this destiny. But I cannot do it where I am at on this level of faith. So that means that I have to go through some things in my life to take me to the next level to get accomplished what God wants to accomplish. And how many of you want God to fulfill that destiny and that plan and that purpose in your life at that next level? For Samuel chapter 1 and verse 3 through 8, and I don't have time to read all of that. But Hannah was at a place that she, could, that she could not handle the outcome in her life that she needed. In 1 Samuel, we, 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 know, the, we know the story in 1 Samuel that Hannah is uh, crying out to God for a child. Hannah cannot have a child. Hannah wants a child. Uh, it's, it's almost like a disgrace in the Old Testament for the women not to be able to have children. And you know the story that, that, Hannah goes to the, that Hannah goes to the temple and she cries and she's praying and, and she talks to the priest Eli. And you know the story that, 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 that Hannah asked God for a baby and later we see where God touched her and she got, she got pregnant and she had a baby. But Hannah is agonizing over the thing that's in her life and the thing that's in her life, she can't have a child. Now, to, to a lot of women, that is, that's tough. 
when we weren't able to have children for years, that was a problem. We wanted to have kids. We loved children. We would see, we would see other families come in with little kids and little girls and little boys, and our heart would sink because we couldn't have children. So what was it like for Hannah not to have a child? And the Bible says she wept and she cried. The problem was Hannah or her husband could not do anything about it. Nobody else could do anything about it because her womb was closed. And the only way for her womb to be open was for God to touch her. Her outcome of what she needed was out of her hand. She woke up every morning, listen, with a deficit in her life. She woke up every morning with a gap in her life of where she was and where she wanted to be. And even a lot of us are in this building right now that there is a deficit in our life. There is a gap in our life. We may be going through sickness in our life and the deficit in our life is wanting God to heal us. The deficit in the life might be a marriage that's all messed up. And that deficit, that gap, is for God to heal that marriage and to touch that marriage. Someone wants to have a child and can't, their family can't have a children. That deficit in their life, that gap is in their life, is wanting God to take care of her and open up her womb just like Hannah. And I don't know what your deficit is in your life. But your deficit is our, the deficit in our life is face opportunity. Write that down. The deficit in our life is face opportunity. So whatever you are facing, whatever your deficit is, is in your life at this moment in time, don't blame God. Don't get mad at God. Don't get upset. Don't be confused. Don't worry. Don't fret and don't fear. I come with the good news this morning that the deficit in your life is faith opportunity. The deficit that you're going through in your life is faith opportunity to take you to the next level. Hannah had a deficit of not being able to have a child. The control was out of her hands. The outcome was out of her hands. She was faced with a deficit in her life. Her womb was closed. There was no way of having children. It was a disgrace in her culture and time. And this is, was a major defect, a, a deficit in Hannah's life. Walk, the doctor walked in two years ago and said, son, it looks like you got a tumor in your body and it's 95% cancer. I thought I was going to pass out. I prayed and I cried and I prayed and I cried. I prayed and I cried. Jerry called me and he said, pastor, I want to meet with you and pray. And he could tell the fear was just trying to rip through me. And I prayed, and I cried, and I said, God, not me. Please take this from me. I hate hospitals. I'm just telling you, I hate hospitals. I don't like doctor's visits. I don't like laying in the bed. 
I don't like to be down. I'm telling you, I don't like to be down. It drives me crazy. My wife told me day before yesterday, either get out of the house or go sit down because you're driving me nuts. I don't like to be, I, I can't, I'd hate that. God did not, God, how many of you know God could have instantly healed me? Come on, church. Come on, come on. I'm just talking real. I wanted God to heal me. Well, Pastor, you just didn't have enough faith. The Bible told me if I have a grain, just a mustard seed of faith, God hears my prayer. Come on. Let's get real. I don't believe, I don't believe that theology. I know you've got to grow your faith. We're talking about that. Some reason God didn't heal me. Some reason God, when it come back, doctor was right. It had cancer. But I know when I laid on that bed to shoot that chemo through me, instantly one time, the very first time, I seen a vision of Jesus just like that. Come on, church. My deficit was big and just like Hannah, the control was out of my hands. You better believe I was crying and you better believe I was praying and you better believe that I was asking God, but it did not happen. It did not happen. But my deficit in my life has grown my faith. You don't like what you're going through. You don't want to go through it. You wake up thinking about it. You go to bed thinking about it. You're hurt. It's trouble. It's difficulty. I want to get on with my life. I want to get on with my life. I don't want to deal with this. Come on, let's be real. I want to get on with my life. I don't want to deal with it, God. Get it out of here. If you can take care of it, then take care of it. I serve you, God, so take care of it. He didn't take care of it. So speak. I had to walk through it. But now I know that God didn't do it to me. He wanted to do it. telling you. I'm okay. Sister Shirley, I think as a Christian, I think I would be okay just staying at this level of faith right now because I wouldn't have to go through any more troubles. Right? Hey, God, just leave me right here. I'm okay right here. I'm going to serve you right here. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to preach. I'm going to love on people, and I'm going to care, and I'm going to build your kingdom, but I can do it right here. I don't have to go to that next level, but I do. God's chose pain, trouble, and difficulty to take me there. Don't think your faith will be to a level that God wants it until you go through pain. Exciting to know that, right? 
I love that. I love in Revelations where it says uh, uh, the heavens and streets of gold are this and that and pearl. And we're going to get to there and everything's going to be great. I love that, but I don't love the scripture where Paul says in tribulation, you're going to have tribulation. Be a good cheer. I don't want that. Cut it out. Put it over there for the other saints, but not for me. Let's be honest. What would have happened if I would have not had that deficit in my life? The deficit, the situation you're facing in your life is face opportunity. Help me, church. You still with me? Uh, the, the, day, the day laying on that table, that cancer center, I just said it, that I felt the spirit and power of God. Listen, God is not mad at you. God is not trying to do something to you again. God is trying to do something through you. The deficit called, caused me to pray like Hannah. The deficit caused me, caused me to speak every time that that machine went off and that chemo went in my body. That deadly poison going through my body will not harm me. That there is no weapon formed against me shall prosper. My deficit in my life had me to pray. My inheritance is in Christ Jesus. That deficit in my life, I'm saved, healed, and delivered through the blood of stripes of Jesus Christ on his back. That deficit in my life had me to pray. I'm a child of the King. Join heirs with Jesus Christ. That deficit in my life, God was saying to me, you are more than a conqueror. You, God, you're going to make a way where there is no way. You, God, will use me to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You, God, are going to open up doors that no man can shut. That deficit called, caused me to speak faith promises. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed in my family. I'm blessed in the church. The deficit called me to call things that were not as they were. The deficit called me to pray that way like I had never prayed before. That deficit called me to believe like I never believed before. That deficit in my life called me to worship like I've never worshipped before. Look at your neighbor say, work it out. Say, say, work your faith out. My prayer became my evidence. My speaking became my evidence that I believe. My worship became my evidence to believe. You know, we say things like this. I want God to really use me. Doesn't that sound churchy? I want God to really teach me. Sounds real churchy. God, I want you to grow me. Sounds real churchy. God, I want you to fulfill the purpose in my life. We all have said that. So God says to you and I, for me to build your faith, I've got to allow situations. For me to grow you, I've got to allow trouble. For me to grow you, I've got to allow a difficulty in your life. But David said, listen to the words of David after he went through everything he went with. I was glad when I was afflicted. I was glad when trouble came my way. 
I was glad I had to walk through that cancer center. I was glad I had to go through that operation. Why? Why? It sounds crazy, but God wanted to build my faith. I feel the anointing. But God wanted to build my faith. We always bind the devil, cast the devil out, and blame the devil. On everything that happens bad in our life. Well, I bind you, Satan, you ornery devil. I bind you straight to hell, you lying thief. It's not always the devil. It's not always the devil. Your destiny point will come through the conduit of pain. Your destiny point will come through the conduit of pain. Listen, my faith does not grow on the mountaintop. My faith celebrates on the mountaintop. My faith grows in the valley in my life. The deficit is not the obstacle in my life. The deficit is faith's opportunity in my life. It might sound crazy, but now I am thanking the Lord for what I've had to grow through. I've been thanking God. God, I didn't want to go through it. I didn't want to go to the hospital two weeks ago. I'm telling you, I dreaded to get that operation. I've dreaded that operation, but I'm thanking God on the other side. I knelt on my knees and said, God, if i got to go through it, so be it. If that's what it takes to grow my faith. But God, I know without a shadow of a doubt, you're still on the throne. You're still a God of Abraham. You're still the God of Isaac. You're still the God of Jacob. You have never let me down. I might have had to walk through some valleys. I might have had to go through some trouble. I might have had to go through some difficulty, but I know my God is still on the throne. I worship him as if he would have miraculously healed me today because I know he's God. I don't worship him just because he's a healer and sets me free and financially takes care of me. I worship him because he is the God that liveth, the God that I feel the anointing, the God that reigneth, the God God, deliver it forevermore. So be it. God, I thank you for my afflictions because what I have walked through, you have built my faith. Work it out. God's not mad at you. He wants to work through you. The second thing that God wants to do in your life if the deficit is face opportunity, then in 1 Samuel, we see that the word is faith's foundation. 1 Samuel chapter 1, and it's verse 12. It says, she kept on praying to the Lord. Eli observed Hannah's mouth moving. And Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk, and he said to her, How long are you going to stay drunk? Put away the wine. Not so, my lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. Are you deeply troubled? I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Have you been pouring your soul out to the Lord? 
Do not take your servant for a wicked woman, Hannah said. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and out of my great grief. What are you facing? Eli answered. Say, Eli answered. The prophets, when they spoke, was the word of God back then. Eli answered, go in peace, Hannah, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. And then she went her way and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. See, if the deficit is in your life, the gap in your life, what you're going through in your life, you've not got the answer yet. If the deficit is face opportunity, number two, or the thought that I had was, then the word is face foundation. Then the word is face foundation. The only difference from weeping and her countenance changing was the word. Eli answered, may the Lord of God of Israel grant you what you have asked for. There is the written word. And it's very important that you read the written word. It's very important that you come to church and you hear the word of God. But then there is something called the rhema word. It's the word of the Holy Spirit speaks down in a season of your life. It's a word at that moment that changes fear into faith. It's a word in season that took your spirit from downcast to a smile on your face. Oh, Eli, the priest told her was, go, Hannah, God has heard your prayer. And the Bible says in the next verse, her face, her countenance changed at that moment, and it wasn't nothing but a word from the prophet that changed her countenance. The Bible says she got up in so many words and washed her face and cleaned up and went away. I believe it's just, it, 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 was, already, it was already done. Watch this. She did not get a, listen, write this down. She did not get a, her child. She got a word. The word was enough to change her countenance. And the Bible says at that moment, she went and ate. The word sustained her at that moment. If you're waiting for God to answer your situation first without walking in the word by faith, it could be that you will never get your answer to your prayer. Whatever the word is that the Holy Spirit spoke down in your spirit, I want to encourage you. You stand on it, you quote it, you believe it, and you memorize it. You stand on it, you quote it, you believe it, and you memorize it. That is the word of faith that God is bringing you through that is going to get you the answer that's just ahead. You stand on it. You believe it. You memorize it. You speak it because it doesn't take but one word from God to change your situation like that. Remember in Acts chapter 3? Remember Paul and, uh, excuse me, remember uh, Peter and John went to the temple that day? And there was a lame man at the gate. And he was asking of alms as he always had because he had been lame since birth. And Peter and John said, silver and gold have I none. Look at verse 4. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. 
So he gave them his attention. Are you giving the word of God attention? Are you giving the word of God attention? Expecting to receive something from them. How do you come to church every Sunday? Do you come expecting God to do something? Is your antennas of expectation up? Okay, I come last Sunday and I was expecting it didn't happen. I come three months ago and expecting it didn't happen. So, Tina, would you enter the band, entertain us in worship this morning? But are you coming with expectation? I need something from God. I need to be healed. I need some God to do something in my life. God, I need to. Today could be the word. Today could be the day that I got that word. Oh, today a song could be sung that the Holy Spirit drops that word down in me that takes me from fear to faith. Today could be the day that the Holy Spirit gives me a word down in my spirit that takes me from fear to faith. And when I got faith, if I stand on the word that God gave me down in my spirit, I will see my miracle manifest in my life. But I I got to come expecting a word. Silver and gold have I none. He said, but he said, listen, in the name of Jesus Christ, here's the word, here's the word that Peter gave the lame man. Been lame all his life. Been going through it all his life. Well, I've been going through this thing for two days, and I don't know. God don't love me. He'd been lame since birth. He'd been lame since birth. And didn't take but a word. And take but a word. He said, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. This is what the word does. This is what that rhema word down in your spirit does. And immediately his feet and ankles receive their strength. Out of the word, brother Mark. Out of the word. Out of that rhema word. Well, it hadn't happened today, but I got a word. Well, I still hurt today. But I got a word. This situation seems like it just keeps mounting up. But I got a word. This situation seems like it's out of control. But I got a word in my spirit. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But I know one thing. I got a word. I don't know what's going on the next week. But I don't know. But I got a word down inside. That Jesus has spoken to my spirit. And that word is going to transfer and take, and take fear away. Build my faith to believe in the miracle that God has for me. Arise and walk in his ankles and legs came together and he got up and walked because of the rhema word, because of the word that Peter spoke to him. God is going to give you a word about your situation. Listen to this. There is nothing that you're going through right now in your life that God doesn't have a word for. There is nothing that you got going on in your life right now that the Holy Spirit doesn't have a word to drop down in your spirit. No matter what it is, sickness, disease, financial problems, uh, 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 problems with relationships, it doesn't care. He's got a word for you. 
So if faith is, is, if the deficit is face opportunity, if the word is face foundation, then I'm going to give you one more. In 1 Samuel chapter 26, in verse 28, it reads like, reads like this. And she said to him, pardon me, my Lord, as surely as you live, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I pray for, the, for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I have asked of him. Her deficit was taken care of. The word built faith in her. And number three, so now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life will be given to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. My next thought was, in that passage of scripture was, so if the deficit is face opportunity and the word is face foundation, then the sacrifice is face test. Then the sacrifice is face test. The test was not if Hannah could, could believe God for Samuel. The test was not could uh, Hannah give little Samuel back to God was the test. The test was, could Hannah give Samuel back to God? The test is not if God can put it in your hand. The test is, can you still live with an open hand? God is not moving you into one blessing and then it's over. The Bible says he is moving us from glory to glory to glory to glory. God is moving us from blessing to blessing to blessing. The last thing God done in my life is not the last thing he wants to do in my life. See, God was not doing something to Hannah. He was doing something through Hannah. Listen, he wasn't doing it to Hannah. He was doing something through Hannah. It was Samuel that would anoint Saul. It was Samuel that would anoint David. And it was through David the Messiah would come. Wow. The whole thing was not about Samuel. The thing that you and I are going through is not about the thing. It's what God is going to do through the thing that we're going through. Can you say amen? It's about God opening, it was about God opening up her womb. She went on to have five more children. The thing that you're going through right now is not the thing that you're going through right now. It's about the test to see if you can handle what's on the other side of what you're going through right now. I come to speak to tell you if you will correctly handle what you're going through right now, it's going to open the womb of multiple blessings in your life. Multiple blessings are going to come your way. Multiple blessings are going to flow your way can you say amen you still with me God is going to bring you through he's not mad at you he's working through you and if you can handle it right now multiple blessings are going to come your way and everybody said amen this morning God is not mad at you he is working through you if it's not the deficit, deficit is face opportunity. The word is face foundation. And the sacrifice must be face test. Whatever he does in your life, can you keep an open hand? You open up, God, it's yours. This church is yours. 
by miraculous to heal you and prosper you beyond anything you could dream or think and bring this one in, do this, this, and this, and this. And then, Kevin, I ask you to leave. You holding on to it? Can I do what I want to do? Can you keep an open hand? Because it's mine anyway. It's mine anyway. So if the deficit is face opportunity, and we've got to stand on the word of God, and the sacrifice, sacrifice must be faced test. Look at your neighbor and say, work it out. Work it out. Work it out. I believe God is doing something in this church. I can't figure it all out. I can't put it all together. But it's at the next level, and I don't think the next level is a small level. You know, God works through individual lives, but I've been in church long enough to know and been around leaders and pastors and people in church to know that churches go through seasons. They go through summer seasons. They go through, they go through fall seasons, so to speak. They go through winter seasons. Then they go through, I mean, like the spring where things are sprouting and looking beautiful. I think we're in a winter season right now. You know what, Brother Cherry? It's given a chance for our faith to grow. This church would be packed out right now and everything would be just going great right now and three services and the band, just everything just going good. You know what? Maybe that wouldn't grow my faith. Maybe it would grow my pride. I don't like it no better than you do. I don't welcome trouble, I can tell you. If you ask my wife, she's told me before we quit, I can say wimpy about it. I don't like trouble. I don't like pain. But I know now in my walk with God, the only thing that has grew my faith is trouble. Do you know what? That's just a deficit in my life. It's going to make an opportunity for us. You hold on to that word. Whatever he's spoken, when the storms come up and beat up against you in the middle of the night and fear lies to you, you hold on to this word. You hold on to that word. Whatever he gave you, whatever he dropped in your spirit, you don't let it go. You hold on to that. Because it's going to see you to your promise. And don't forget that when he answers your prayer, that it's in his hands. Don't you try to take credit for it. Don't you say, I read my Bible seven chapters a day. I prayed all night. I did this, I did that, and did this, and did that. That's why my answer come. Your answer come by faith through the grace and love of God. It's why your answer came. why the answer came. You know what? I don't understand it all, but I believe in 
Whatever it is, I'm believing that God's going to see me through. God's going to work it out. And God's going to work it out in your life. It's coming. Look at your neighbor and say, it's coming. Come on, it's coming. Let's stand. Praise the Lord. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we, uh, we, stand, uh, we stand here this morning, not, we're just going to be honest about it. We, uh, we don't understand what's going on in our life. Come on, let's be honest. And we're asking the question, why right now? I mean, really, we're asking the question, why? But you know, you don't love us any less because we ask why. You don't love us any less if, if we're trying to figure it out and, and you say walk by faith. You don't love us any less. But now we've heard the word of God this morning. We're going to stand on it. Hallelujah. And we're going to know that our deficit in our life is just something that God is working through us. And if we think that we've been used by God, we have not seen anything yet. We have not seen anything yet. When the doors of this church is locked today and the alarm is set to move forward into the rest of the week, our faith is going to be, God, our faith is going to be that that deficit in my life is just an opportunity for you to work on my faith. Then I realize that what you spoke to me, I'm going to live by faith and not by sight. And I'm going to live on that word, that rhema word you spoke to me, no matter how it looks this week. And then when you bring my promise, it's in your hands. And I'm going to give it all to you by faith. We thank you that you brought us together this morning. We're asking you, everyone, God, that is on the highway today. A lot of people are on vacation in and out every week through the summer. But God, we're asking you, Lord, to speak to their heart. We're asking you to be with them. We're asking you to speak to them. We're asking you to surround them. Yes. And you be with them as they're going to and fro this summer. God, we believe by faith you're going to take care of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen and amen. Honey, just a second. Listen, church. Quit trying to figure it out. Quit trying to figure out the why. Quit, tr quit trying to figure out the why. Because you're not going to be able to figure out the why. God's not going to let you figure out the why. Believe me, I have searched out the why, and I've still come up empty-handed. Why? Because God intentionally, listen to this, I believe in healing. And I believe God's going to heal me. Before they, before they put that, I call it the box. Before they put this box in. I said, I want you to do another scan on me. And they said, why? We've already got the report. We're going to move forward. That'll hold up operation. I said, I want you to do it. And the guy said, well, why? I said, well, there's been people praying at my church. And I just want to see what God has done. The doctor walked in. He said, I realize, he said, I, I heard that people have been praying. 
and you want us to check us before we do the operation. I said, yeah, doc, if you, he said, that's more than fine. I seen them out there sitting in their chairs just waiting. God brought me a guy to do the test that goes to another church that I've knew for a long time that's a Christian. He said, Pastor, we're going to do this test. The doctor walked in and he said, I don't know. I, I will tell you this, that your heart is 10% more better than it was. Thank you for your prayers. I don't know why God didn't miraculously heal me because I've seen it and I've been miraculously healed before. But I know my healing's coming, Wayne. And God is going to do everything in your life that He's promised. Okay? Come on. I, just, I, I don't know. I just feel like I've got to get this in you. The deficit is face opportunities. And don't you let, let go of that word. God's going to see you through, okay? Amen. Father, we thank you today. We love you, we worship you, and we glorify you. God, protect us and watch over us the rest of the week. And may our faith grow in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen and amen.